It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. I'm back. Hey. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Back off vacation, feeling good, schmelk with my favorite guy, Jeff (laughs) Fiegels, talking Giants football with you. Energy. I I feel energy right through the headphones, Johnny. Yes. Welcome back, bro. I'm feeling good. Thank you. It's good to be back. 973-667-1960 for you fans out there to join the conversation, or if you want to go to Twitter, you can send them into hashtag Giants chat or just reply to the average, the little promo that I just put up there on Twitter, and we'll get to your questions that way. So, Mr. Fiegels, how, how have you been the last week or so since we last spoke? Well, of course, we missed you. You know that. So, you know, things just didn't run as well, smoothly as we thought they would, but they're okay. You know, didn't weren't able to take calls. We had to, you know, find some, some guests to, to fill in there, but we got it all done, John. So it's all good and good to hear your voice and be back. Glad you had some time off. Well, I mean, I would expect that you missed me only because that means you have to talk to Lance more, which is something nobody wants to do. So... <sighs> Better than Lance. That, that'll well, be the you know, biggest they're, they're compliment okay I can take. No, they're okay with I'm me. I'm just teasing. I'm fine. You know that. Yes. Anyway, so guys, as you well know, there's not a whole lot going on right now in the <laughs> world of the National Football League. <laughs> Everyone is home. They're resting. They're kind of taking their own vacations, and I'll yeah. be taking another one in another week or two, so stay tuned for that. But <laughs> kind of getting their rest in before the grind of the you know five, six straight months of football yeah. Gets underway at the end of July, which is great. So we've talked a lot of Giants. We're going to do our over-unders a little bit later in the week on the offensive side of the ball, which is a lot of fun. We'll do the defense over-unders next week. But I thought it might be a good time to take a look around the league a little bit. I'm going to try to relate this back to the Giants' schedule a little bit, but that's not required. So I thought it would be fun if Jeff and I kind of looked around the league and talked about what we thought are the most important, biggest, most interesting, fascinating storylines around the league that we're keeping an eye on. We'll play our game, Jeff, where we go back and forth. I'll do one, we'll comment, then you do one, we'll comment, and we'll go back and forth until we start getting some calls in to see what the fans think. Would you like to go first, sir? And we have not discussed any of these beforehand, Um, by the way, so this will be fun. Sure. I'll go first. What do you got? Because I, I think this is a big issue because it also includes you and I. Um, and this is selfishly speaking issue. I think this COVID issue with uh, the players, <laughs> with the vaccinated and the non-vaccinated and how many people are going to be allowed to do this and how many people are not going to be allowed to do this. I, You know, we all do a lot of reading on this show just because we want to bring you good content. Some of the stuff that I read is downright scary when I think about some of the things that the players are going to have to do if they're not vaccinated. Such Why as not? what? Give me some examples. What do you got? Well, they, if, the one I read this morning was there is a chance that if the unvaccinated player gets COVID during the season, he may not get paid. So it's like, you know, I'm sorry, John. I, as you know, man, I, I like my money. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that if I did get COVID and I, got to, and I was vaccinated that I'm still going to get my paycheck. But I still think that the NFL and the Players Association have made it truly clear that they want everybody vaccinated. They are trying to do as much as they can to motivate players That's right. to get and vaccinated. You can't, you, listen, and we can't, yes. we can't make everybody do it, you know. No, and by the way, you shouldn't be able to make everybody do it. Right. This is a free country. Everybody can make their own That's choices correct. and decisions. Yes, and you know, but the problem is, is that at some juncture, they got to draw the line in the sand, and we got to say we're going forward in this in this way. Um, Evidently, every state is a little bit different. Um, so we'll just talk about New Jersey here and, and how things are going to be here. And, and when you go into stores like my wife's store that we own in Ridgewood, you know, we have to there, we, we basically can people can come in that are not vaccinated. that have vaccinated and not wear their masks. But we ask people that aren't to wear them, you know, so there are certain things that you can do. Um, but if you're a guy that, that doesn't want to get vaccinated for whatever reason, there's still going to be a lot of things you're going to have to do to follow the protocol that's been put out there by the National Football League. And I see this being a problem. I see this uh, being a big problem, and, I, and it hasn't even started yet, but I'm just seeing a lot of things that are going to happen down the road with this. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, my guess yeah, is that as these more guys what I meant, yeah. get back together, more mm-hmm. guys will be motivated to get vaccinated once they see the benefits to players that have been vaccinated 
get to enjoy that That's right. they will not. Yeah. And that includes, by the way, on the bye week, be able to go away and actually like do a bye week vacation. Yeah, because think about this. If you're not, and they're, they're testing every day now. And you have to be there to test. You will be coming back to the facility and getting tested. Not to mention testing every morning. If you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to. So there are a lot of things here that go on that list. And by the way, I'll just give the example, and then we can get to some more football stuff, Jeff. Look what happened with Chris Paul. I, I know you're not a big basketball guy. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with what happened to Chris Paul at the start of the Western Conference Finals? Um, I am not, but okay. I know that they're playing the Suns because that's one of my, my, my brother-in-law's big— well, obviously we lived in Phoenix back well, in the day. Well, so. Chris Paul's on the Suns now, yeah. and he's playing the Clippers. Yep. So he tested positive for COVID mm-hmm. heading into the Western Conference Finals, right? Based on the reports that were out there— Chris Paul was vaccinated. Now, as people know, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean that you're immune sure. from catching COVID. It just means the um, the symptoms are severely reduced. Hospitalization, almost no chance, almost no chance of passing away, that sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, But the fact that he was vaccinated, he was able to get out of that protocol and only miss a couple games of the series. It only was about a week, I think, he was in the protocol. Mm-hmm. If he was unvaccinated mm-hmm. and got put into that protocol— it would have been probably a two- or three-week ordeal. He would have missed everything. He would have missed everything, right? Yeah. And I think that's what you're going to see now in the league this year, too, for the guys that aren't vaccinated. They happen to catch COVID, and we're not Delta variant. We're not going to get into all the details and all the stuff that's going on. But if that happens, you're missing multiple weeks. But if you are vaccinated, you can come back a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So those are all the types of things to to keep in mind here. Can I as just well. add, can I just Absolutely. add on to that one, one more quickly? thing? Sure. Well, you know the the world that I live in that I love is golf, right? Look at it what happened to John John Rom. John Rom was leading the tournament the week before the US Open by six strokes and on Saturday afternoon after coming off the course they, he tested positive for COVID. Yeah, I saw that. So he had to remove himself from the tournament basically. He was going to win the tournament. Um millions of dollars by the way. But it's funny because he did get vaccinated. However, he wasn't fully vaccinated. He yet. wasn't fully mm-hmm. vaccinated yet. So mm-hmm. back to your point, the protocol being because you were vaccinated, you were able to have a shorter time to be away. So yeah. he was able to come back and play in the U.S. Open. And what did he do there? He won the U.S. Open. Oh, did he? I didn't realize he won the U.S. Open. Did he? Really? Yeah. yeah. So. There you go. So there, you know, the point is you're making is if you are vaccinated and you happen to get it, there are some different protocols and quicker uh, ability to come back. So, um, but listen, I just hopefully this thing all works itself out. One good thing that we do know is that um, around the league, everything is opening up. There's going to be fans in the stand. That includes you and me going to the games. And that's just, uh, we can't wait for that. So yes, that'll be fun. We can. We'll see how traveling goes. We're not quite sure how that's going to go yet. That's how you guys handle that. Yes. I never go. So yes. That's in, easy if, for me. in fact, Jeff's trying not to leave his house at all during the broadcast. I am trying year. to do that. As you know, <laughs> <laughs> I've become very comfortable with this, uh, atmosphere that I've been in, in the last year and a half. Now, so. now for home games, you're going to be at the stadium. Of course. Yeah. Which, Absolutely. Is, which I do know you're pumped for, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I'm, I'm actually, I'm just, you know, I told you I've been back to the facility one time and that was for the mini camp since uh, last August. And that was fun. Yeah. As, as long as it lasted, I basically came in through the, uh, through the security gate in the parking lot, walked in, got my temperature checked. By the way, they pulled me aside because my temperature was too high because I was walking outside. It was like 95 degrees. It was hot. That's and then, right. uh, then I proceeded to walk through the building in air conditioning for about eh, maybe a minute and a half. And then they stuck me on the porch and that's then we were back in the, in the hot weather again. That All right. It. Let, let's get the football here, Jeff. Here's, what? Yeah. here's one that I think is really interesting. And it's a team that's on the giant schedule. Like I said, I, I, I tried to curate these a little bit. Yeah. I think the Saints are fascinating this year. It's the first time they're going to be without their cornerstone player for the last, what, 15 years was Drew Brees there, however long he was with, with the mm-hmm. Saints. And uh, 15. Yeah. Y- you have a competition between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. I thought Taysom Hill did okay in his opportunities last year at the end of the year. I don't think he was great. I don't think he was terrible. I thought he was okay. Right. But I think Jameis Winston has the potential to be great. You know, he's a guy that when he was with Tampa Bay had a lot of turnovers and interceptions, but his production was as good as anyone's. Like, his raw talent and ability is tremendous. There's a reason he was the first overall pick in the draft. And I think he's a good kid. I think he tries hard. And 
I can't pick out a better coach than Sean Payton sure, sure. to try to fix some of his issues. And frankly, I think Drew Brees was very limited in his last year or two with the Saints in terms of what he could do. He's hurt. Where you know he was injured. He's older. He never had a great arm to begin with, and it, it deteriorated even more the last couple of years there, especially last year. So I'm really fascinated to see if Winston wins that job, and I think he will, what that Saints offense is going to look like and whether or not he can realize that potential as a number one quarterback. Because really, I mean, Jeff, we talked about this with the Colts when they went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that you get lucky enough to go from one franchise quarterback right to another. And the Saints can do that if Winston can just fix some of those turnover problems. Well, while you were on vacation, sunning in the uh, sun and putting all of that sunblock on and you mean yard mowing work my and lawn, yeah, exactly. You were doing. <laughs> we we did the uh, Saints breakdown for the upcoming schedule. Oh, and tell me we about had it. And by the way, by I, the name of Christian on. I do we, I do plan on going back and listening to those. I've not. And we done talked it yet. a lot about the issue that you just bring, brought up. And um, to summarize it, uh, he was kind of the same mindset as you. Right? He does think that that Jameis Winston will win that battle. Um, for the for the sake of he's he's a good quarterback. Um, no matter what, you have to throw from the pocket, right? So Jameis Winston, I think, is a better pocket passer than Taysom Hill. Um, they definitely are going to use Taysom Hill in their offense, but I think that they will. 100%, but it, and they should, by the way. He's very good at that stuff. 100%, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, Sean Payton, when you go back to look at the Dallas Cowboys, um, and he brought this up, that you know he will design an offense around what he has in front of him. And so he's going to be able to take that offense and design it around Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Okay, and he'll do a good job of that because he's very, very good at it. And what I, what I meant by it was, was it, um, what's the guy's name in Dallas? Quincy. Um, Quincy Carter? Quincy Carter. Oh like gosh. When he was starting Dropping for the Quincy Cowboys. Dropping a Quincy Carter on me. Nice. Yeah, I mean, goodness. But my <laughs> point is he was saying that, you know, Alvin Kamara uh, is going to be a big part of that passing game. Um, to be able to just dump the ball off and throw the ball, but they are going to go back to somewhat of a of a, a running attack with Latar- Latavius Murray, yeah, as their power back, and then Alvin Kamara is their is their featured halfback. Well, so go back like Michael Thomas, you know, he had Mike he had Mike Evans in Tampa, who he loved throwing the ball to, and Michael Thomas is very similar to Evans in the way they play. Yeah, coming off an injury, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so he's he's going to be back. Um, Traquan Smith is their number two receiver, so we'll see how good he can be. But you know, they lost a lot of players. So who they draft again? Well, they drafted um, in the second round this year. They drafted on the defensive side of the football. Oh, they went defense. Okay. Um, it was blah, 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 blah. I have it right here. Second round pick Peter Warner from Ohio State, a linebacker. The linebacker, okay. So, um, yeah, so we got a good, good – that's a good point, and I think it, it will be interesting to see because, you know, that division and is by going the way, to be they, a tough one. And they also got Peyton Turner, the pass rusher, in the first round. So they went – the only offensive players they took was a quarterback, Ian Book in round four, and then a wide receiver, Kawan Baker, in round seven. So they went defense. So they think they have the pieces they need on offense here, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. And and we were talking to him a lot about the offense because that's usually what you always talk about with the New Orleans Saints. Um, but he was a little oh. bit worried about the defense. Really? And, that um, their defense last year was good. Yeah, but he said that he, you know, they've lost a lot of guys, right. and so I don't know. He was very pessimistic on the on the Saints team, though. Really? Yeah. Interesting. All right. But I, although he had him, I asked him at the end. I said, "Well, you know, because it was like it was a Debbie Downer." I said, "Well, where do you see this team going?" And he said, he, "I see him as a wild card team. So you know, they're not <laughs> going to win the division." It with just the shows expectations how it's different for different franchises, right? We're talking, <laughs> yeah, we're going to go ten and seven. It's great. He's like, yeah, we're going to go ten and seven. Yep, and we're going to be in a wild card. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. All right, uh, next one, Jeff. You're up. Oh wow. Okay. So, um, well, let me see. Why don't you want? You caught me off guard there. I didn't get a chance to think about what I was going to say. You want me to go again? I can go again. That's fine. Um, what's some of the other ones that I was thinking? Okay, you know what? Let's talk about this one because I think this this actually has a little bit of similarity to the COVID thing, and this is the Aaron Rodgers situation. <laughs> That's on my list too. Good. Go ahead. Um, this one is this one has some. Uh, I don't think we're gonna really get out of this one for a while. Um, there is a July second deadline, as you, as you may or may not know, for people that want to opt out this year without penalty. By the way. Um, and the contract would just roll over, right? Contract rolls over. So when you're looking at somebody opting out or somebody holding out, one way or another, you're going to lose money. 
But the real way you're going to lose money in Aaron Rodgers' situation would be the fact that if you say, I'm not going to show up for anything and I'm going to just hold out until you trade me, um, he's going to lose a lot of money. Now, if he opted out, he's going to have to do it in the next few days, and I think that that's probably too early for him to do something like that. So this is why this is a good discussion. Will this happen? Will this not happen? None of us know, but there is some, you know, some financial things to look at here if you're if you're Aaron Rodgers. You know, Jeff, my thing with situations like this, it's always follow the money, right? It's because always what? It's always follow the money. Mm-hmm. And I will always say that the player will eventually give in because he doesn't want to get fined for not showing up. He wants to get paid his contract, right? Yeah. And that is always what's going to happen, in my opinion, in most cases in the National Football League. This isn't the NBA quite yet. Yeah. However. <laughs> but I was going to say, is there, is there a but or is there a however? What's coming here? Aaron Rodgers is a special dude, man. Mm-hmm. Like, he is stubborn. Like, people that know him best, he doesn't talk to his family. <laughs> That's right. If he is willing to cut off his entire family, you don't think he's willing to cut off the Green Bay Packers? Yes, I do. I mean, seriously. No, I, I'm serious. I'm with you. He's made over $100 million in his career. I haven't done the math, but I guarantee it's more than that. Yeah. And if he doesn't want to work another day the rest of his life, he's fine. Now, I don't think that's the case. But is he willing, for the sake of his supreme stubbornness, to sit there and say, you guys, I'll, I'll take a year off. Watch me. Yes, I think he'd be willing to do that. I think if it comes down to a staring down contest between the two sides, I think the Packers would blink first in this situation, and I think they would trade him before Rodgers comes back. That's my feeling, and I my sense for this just based on everything I've read, and I don't have any inside information or firsthand knowledge, is based on what I've read, Jeff. Yeah. I don't know what the Packers can do to get Rodgers back in that building without major structural changes at the top of the organization. They're not willing to do that. There's no way. And they might not be able to, by the way. Remember, this is not a one-owner situation Mm -hmm. this is mark murphy who represents the shareholders it's more complicated than that sure so that's why i do not week one aaron Rodgers will not be quarterbacking for the packers and i think it's more likely he's quarterbacking for another team than not quarterbacking at all i am with you 100 percent. i do not see him coming back there i feel like it all this 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 just did not just you know happen overnight this is a accumulation of a lot of different things over the last two years and when you sit back and you look at what the Green Bay Packers have done with their first-round draft picks over however many years, not one of them have been on the offensive side of the football, I guess, to help him. Is that, I mean, I, I think that's what I heard. Um, I'm trying to think of maybe one of those offensive linemen had to be a first-rounder well, somewhere. Jordan Love, you know, they, they But then the all of a sudden they, they, did, they, did, they do get a first-rounder, and what do they do? They, give, they pick a quarterback. And like, you know, he's been trying to tell these guys, hey, listen, get me some weapons. You know, get me some help, but they haven't done it. And so he's now it's all about, you know, he's come back and he says it's about the people. Well, that's a that's a direct quote that he said. It's about the people. Well, the people are the people that are in the organization that are running things. He doesn't like them and he doesn't want to be there. And I don't think he's going to be there because I think I think you're right. He's a strange dude. And he's one of those guys that he will dig his feet in the sand because he doesn't really he's okay with it, you know. (laughs) I mean, I got bank. I got I got, I got a job maybe on Jeopardy, for God's sakes. I mean, really? <laughs> They're going to pay me probably, I don't know, millions of dollars, but it's not, I'm not going to be getting blindsided. And, um, you know, if I have to do that for a year and somebody wants me to play for them, Yater, but I, I think you're right. I think he'll be on another team by the beginning of the season. I, I, I Just for fun, mm-hmm. I think it's the Broncos. Who do you think it is? Okay. Um, Again, I'm not holding you to this. This is just fun. Ooh, um, yeah, I could see I could see him going to the Broncos. I don't see him going to that. Listen, the, the Packers are not going to trade him to anybody. You know, probably in the NFC. Right? I wouldn't think so. So, what other AFC teams could be in the mix there? Miami, maybe Oak. I could see John Gruden just going all in on that. Couldn't you? Sure. Just you know, why yeah. not? I mean, even though Carr would be, you know, he would be upset about it. But you know, I mean, so so the Packers Sorry. get. 
the Packers get Carr in return and they have love in, you know, in the waiting, you know? Um, and by the way, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's in San Francisco. You know, he's a Northern California guy. Uh, they so. just drafted Trey Lance. I don't know if that's happening. Oh, that's right. My bad. Yep. I think this was, we were talking maybe before. Yeah. I like, I like the, I think the Broncos I'll are tell you a what, perfect landing spot. And if that happens, Denver immediately becomes a Super Bowl contender. Gee whiz, with that defense. And, yeah. and that, their receivers are good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they have a good team except for the quarterback, which is why of all the teams, that, that's, that's the team that will be willing to just mortgage all their draft picks, right? Just say, all right, take them all. <laughs> Take them yeah. all, and we're going to try yeah. to win. I can see that happening. All right. Want me to go next here real quick? Sure. And by sure. the way, folks, the, pho- the phones are open at 973-667-1960. But Jeff and I are going to keep going back and forth here until we get some calls in. So I'm just – this is going to be extremely generic, and then you can take it any way you want. I think the NFC West this year is fascinating. I think every team has an interesting storyline to keep an eye on. For the Cardinals – It's can Kyler Murray take that next step as a passer, as a playmaker, by doing a little bit of passing, a little bit of running. I think he's a good quarterback, but I think he still needs to become a more consistent passer, especially Mm -hmm. in that intermediate area in the middle of the field. So can the Cardinals, they just got J.J. Watt, right? Uh, Can they take that next step and contend? But I think all four teams can contend in the division. Why it's so much fun. The Niners, how quickly does Trey Lance get in there? Nick Bosa comes back. As they get healthier, can they return to being the type of contender that they were a couple years ago when they got to the Super Bowl? How does Matthew Stafford, a Giants opponent, quarterback the Rams? Does their defense take a big hit with all the losses they've had in the offseason with free agency? Or do they maintain their high level of play? Then you have the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. He Mm -hmm. seems to be good to be there, but they have a new offensive coordinator again. How does that work? Does that make Russell happy? Is this his last year there? Does he say, all right, I'm out after this year? You know, Pete Carroll's been there a long time. He's long in the tooth. How much longer is he there? All four teams, mm-hmm. I think, have potential to be playoff teams, to be honest with you. I would not be surprised if three teams make the playoffs out of that division. I could see that. Which one is out? I've got the Cardinals being one of them not. And by the way, thank goodness that the Giants don't have to play that division this year like they did last year because right. that was just a mess. Yep. If I had to guess, Jeff, I think it's either Arizona or Seattle. But, but if you made know, it's me fun, it's pick hard to one, keep Seattle out of there because they're just so darn well, well coached. Russell and, Wilson's so good. So I I would have to go Arizona, but it would not surprise me if it was Seattle. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what though? Well, I mean you know JJ no. Watt's gonna bring something to the table I, for that team. You know what? But... I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go upset because I have no faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm gonna go with the 49ers. I think the 49ers don't make the playoffs because Garoppolo either gets hurt, Lance has to go in too early, and he's not quite ready yet. So I'm going to say San Francisco's the team that doesn't make it out of that division. See, I, the one thing with me with San Francisco is I, I think that they're going to be pretty good. No, they I'm not they a big, have, they have I'm great not a, talent. They have great talent. They really do, and I'm not a big fan of Garoppolo either. But what I think is going to happen is I think that Trey Lance is going to make his way onto the, the field sooner than later. And I think that you know he's everything that's been advertised. And I think that they're going to, you know how teams have to kind of, oh, they don't know much about them. And so they're going to win some games with them until the other teams try to figure them out. No, look, and, and then their defense can carry it. They have good wide receivers. They have that, you know, Kyle Shanahan run game, which is always effective. Look, they're good. They're good. Yeah. Why, why do you think I hemmed and hawed for 30 seconds before I picked the team? They, listen, they, they kept Trent Williams, the left tackle. That was a big decision for them. Yeah, Nick Bosa back after missing last year. Whew. So... That, but it's intriguing. That that's a that's a heck of a division. Um, you know, my son Trevor, when I was he was born in Seattle, so uh, he loves the Seahawks when I was playing there, and you know, so I get I get all I get all the information about that that division from him. Does so. does he still follow the Seahawks? Oh my God! Really? Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. In fact, he wanted to wear a Seahawks jersey to the Super Bowl game. His mom told him no. <laughs> Wait, why not? <laughs> to our Super Bowl game. Oh, I thought you meant to the game the Seahawks no, won the Super Bowl. Oh, seven, like, yeah, sure, Super Bowl. Oh, no, no, you can't do that. No, 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 no. Which was Did he really at 07 he wanted to wear a Seahawks well, jersey? No, see, in 07 he was like a 10 years uh, old. Oh, so, you know, no, you can't do that. That's okay. But, um, Did any of your sons have a have your jersey? Um, No. <laughs> no. Most of them. <laughs> That's great. 
Most of them have their own, you know, uh, well, all of them have jerseys from the Giants players. Right. That's their favorite team. But but not, not a Jeff Eagles jersey. Not, uh, no, no. Did they all have Lawrence Tynes jerseys? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're, they're just like all the rest of them. Whenever the good player comes, they get the jersey. You know, whether it's Saquon back when Odell was here, um, you know, Eli and Daniel Jones, those kind of guys. So That's funny. All right. Uh, I, I, by the way, I think Stafford on the Rams is interesting, too. I think I think Stafford's really good. I, know I think they win the division. I, yes, I agree with you. I also think they win the division. Because here's the thing. Jared Goff is a... Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Well, he's fine. Okay? He's fine. But but he's not Matthew Stafford in many ways, okay? They both have tremendous arms, okay? But Matthew Stafford is a lot tougher than Jared Goff. And he's more mobile than Jared He's Goff. more mobile than Jared Goff. He's also more experienced than Jared Goff. So what does that do? I think his arm, his football IQ, I think will be better than, that, than what the other quarterback had that left. And so with the coaching staff that's there, and I'm sure that, you know, they just absolutely fall, fell in love with him, with Matthew Stafford. Uh, who's the, what's the coach's name I'm thinking of? Um, Sean McVay. Yeah. He's probably like, oh my God, I, I've done and gone to heaven. I got the guy that has knows everything about football, and he's energetic, and this is my guy. Plus, you know, they, they get on the defensive side. Um, they pick up Jalen Ramsey a few seasons ago, right? I mean, this, yeah. is, this is a heck of a football team. By the way, can I make a recommendation to you, Jeff? What do you need? Next time you're driving, I don't need anything. I'm, giving, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Next time you're either doing yard work or you're driving around, mm-hmm. I need you on your phone. I don't know if you know how to do this. You're not, you know, Captain Technology. I need you to go to the Ringer, the Ringer NFL podcast. And right now I've listened to the first two episodes. Peter Schrager is doing a 10-part podcast with Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. And they're interviewing, oh. like, other coaches in the league Oh. And things like that. Like this last episode I listened to, they interviewed uh, Matt LaFleur, who's like best friends with McVay. Or yeah. is it Mike? No, Mike's his brother. Matt's the coach of the Packers. Okay. So we interviewed Matt LaFleur and um, oh, the the Jets head coach. Um, yes. Robert Sala. Thank you, Robert Sala. So he had both those guys on. It's fascinating. It's a really good podcast. So make sure you go listen to that if you have a chance. Will Just you text to. me that yes. off the air? I will. Absolutely. I'd like to look at that. No, it's very good. Fun. All right, do you have another one for me, Jeff? Not yet. No. Um, let's see here. What else can we talk about? I, I got a bunch of other ones if you want me to do keep you? going off my list. Yeah, absolutely. Can we talk a little bit off the cusp as far as uh, NFL and talk a little bit of college football or no? <laughs> I don't really have – okay, I really have no idea what's Just going on. Just real quickly, how the college football guys are going to maybe get paid now? I mean, that's going to be a big deal. Well, again, I think it's, it's they can make money off their likeness, right? Yeah. Is the rule – and by the way, I, I think that's fair. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's totally fair. It's just a matter of, you know, you want to make it fair for everyone. So the Alabamas of the world or in the North Dakota states of the world, they're all kind of, you know, they're very similar in what they're going to be doing. So I understand that, you know, for instance, Mac Jones is going to get a lot more money off the field and doing things like that because he's Mac Jones. Well, um, but that's you know, the that's, market, right? That's how it, the market that's, works. That's how the market works. And so um, – I just don't want to see anything illegally happening where all of a sudden now people are tampering and they're getting signing bonuses to go somewhere. And you right. know, they well, might even be doing it now, John. Who knows? Well, that, right. And, and that's where all the complications come in, right? Yeah. So and I just wanted to drop that. We don't need no, to talk much absolutely. about it. But yeah. that'll be fun to see. And, yeah, they just had the Supreme Court that basically upheld that. So, yep, interesting. All right, we do have a call, Jeff, so let's get to that. All right. 973-667-1960. And we can keep going down my list here as well. Uh, just as a reminder, fans, limited giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. All right, let's go to the phones. And folks, remember when I'm hosting, we don't have a screener. So if you hear us and you're on the phone, I'm talking to you. So caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, John and Jeff. It's Charlie. I it's Charlie. I get the, the ball rolling here. No, that's fine. What do you got? Hey, uh, Jeff, if yes. uh, any of your sons actually has number 10, they actually have your number. Tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I, I'm sorry. I'm not following you on that one. Well, if they got number 10, you had number 10, and you yeah. gave it to Eli, remember? Right. So if I they do. ended up getting a number 10, they actually have your number. That's, oh, that's a good right. point. Or, my number. Or, or if they have a number 17. 
or an eighteen. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well. For the Giants. So just let them know. Thank you for having my number. You well, I'm also going to let them know are. that I'm going to be part of a trivia question now, too, by the way. <laughs> Who's the last That's person right. to wear number 10 before it was retired? That would be me before That's, Eli. Yeah. Who's the last person to wear 10 before Eli Manning? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, actually, actually, Jeff, they're actually retiring your number two. <laughs> If you think of it that way. So, 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 Charlie, what you're telling me is that, like, the day after that game, we're going to see Feagles up there with a ladder and a Sharpie marker writing in Feagles underneath Manning. That's is right. basically what you're telling cross me. Cross it off. <laughs> no, like, you, no, just, you don't have to cross you Eli. I just got to add your name underneath it. Yeah. No, you can just rib Eli. Thanks for retiring and, my number two. Yeah. That's funny. Thank you for that, Charlie. Yeah. Okay. That's good. What a what a a newsworthy thing can you bring to our show? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. It's so hot. It's hot down in New York because it's like ninety here. Beautiful here, Charlie. It's around. It's a hot. This is beautiful, Jeff. You, you, you're Arizona. You're from Arizona. This is like cold for you. No, Charlie. It's brutal. It's like ninety-eight and it's humid. It was my it was my anniversary yesterday, so I'm out in the city with my wife at night, and we're driving in. There was no traffic. Got there in the city in twenty-five minutes, (laughs) but I'm looking at my car dashboard at like seven thirty. At night, it says 89 degrees. I'm like, what is going on here? It's nighttime. It's 89 degrees. This is crazy. I know, and it's humid here too. One more day, and then it breaks here. Then it goes back to 70. (laughs) Thank goodness. But anyway, just talking about football. How about all right? The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers released the Castro, right? I know he's got an ankle problem, but if I was the Giants, I would talk to his agent and say, look, if he decides he wants to play again and his ankle is good, and even if it's a month or two down the road, we will be interested in you. So please give us a shot. Because at that time, after we might see that this O-line's guards, we really need some help, you know, through the summer camp, through preseason games, through whatever. And if at least we have him on the hook and we've talked to him, and it would be a good possibility if he decides, you know, that he wants to keep playing. So uh, I would reach out to him, and I hope the Giants will do that. I hope they're just not so stuck, and they don't have a plan B, and they just think this O-line is miraculously, all five guys have just going to well, get so Charlie, much better. Charlie, they do have a plan B. You just don't like the plan have B. To. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's the plan B? Zach Fulton's plan B. Oh, jeez. He gave up 14 sacks last year. By the, by, by the way, I was actually out. surprised. Uh, did, did did you listen to my interview with uh, Palazzolo on the Huddle podcast that came out yeah, last I week? Yeah, I did. I love him. Yeah, he, no, was like... he was actually pretty positive on Zach Fulton, believe it or not. Yeah, really? he was, but he wasn't on the O-line. He wasn't on. He was like, oh, this is." Uh, we had, we, hey, look, we had a very, we had a very honest conversation about it. Yeah, you did. It was great. I was glad to hear he somebody else uh, sees it sees it the way I see it. But uh, I don't know. I just think that because you know, I know what's going to happen if for some reason these guys don't turn out and they're bad and everything. And then I know I'm going to call in saying, "Well, why didn't we get this guy? Why we?" Well, you know, look, he's not there anymore. Look like he's on the street, so how good he can be. Look, there's a lot of good guys that we've passed on because we are so stubborn, not me as we, but the Giants organization is so stubborn thinking that these guys are just going to just, you know, become good or at least average good. And I, I just think we're passing. We're passing on a lot of players. So well, Charlie, remember it, on, it all depends on like what what the ca- it all depends on what he wants. You know, what, yeah, how, whether know, he wants to play. And, and this is just information we don't have. You know what I mean? I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, if he does, I would reach out to him, just saying, if you decide to play, please give us an opportunity, because this guy is a pro, and this guy would solidify at least one of the guard spots and even help the tackle. Whichever side he's on. What is he, a right guard or a left That's a good guy? Good question. I don't I'm, know. Not, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I but he probably could play both. Probably could play both. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, anyway, I guess that's all I got. And about Daniel Jones, you know, if he doesn't have a really good, improved offensive line, he's not going to progress. He's not. He needs that. This guy needs that. Oh, there was one interview that I listened to. Eisner had an interview with David Brown. Did you guys listen to that interview who, with him? Who had it with him? 
Eisner. What's you his mean name? R- you know? Rich Eisen? Is that what you're looking for? There? Yeah, Eisen. Okay. Eisen, yeah. Yeah, Rich Eisen. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, he, he goes through the whole thing of how the supplemental draft worked out. Actually, his parents were talking to the Giants like nine months before he even knew that they were considering taking him in the supplemental draft. Who's this? And his, his parents. No, who's the parents? The Giants. Uh, David Brown's parents. He, they, the Giants didn't talk to David Brown, but they were having ongoing conversations with his parents for months. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you should listen to it. And then, actually, the the uh, Cleveland Browns, you know, you put in a bid for supplemental draft, so they put in a bid for a number one pick, and they were number 13 and the Giants were 14. So all along, David, you know, wanted to go to the Giants because he's from the region and all that. And that's why he came out or he would have played another year with Duke. So what he told his his agent decided just to up the money so high that the Browns wouldn't want to do it, which they did. And they, you know, they removed their bid. And then the Giants picked David Brown. Yeah, it was really interesting. You should listen to it. It was good. Thank you, Charlie. You too. Okay, guys. Appreciate it, man. Thank Dave you, Charlie. Brown going digging into the 90s there. And it's funny. You actually, actually, yeah. I, that's why I was, he said David Brown. I'm like, who the hell is David Brown? And I'm like, oh, he, <laughs> mean, he means Dave Brown. Okay, that makes sense. It's funny how that just doesn't click unless you say it the it way does. you used Dave to hear Brown, it. It does. Dave Brown. Oh, you know, but David Brown. Okay. Yes, Who's David Brown? And by the way, we have another call I'll get to in a second. But he actually brought up one of the teams that I also think is interesting this year, and that's Pittsburgh. You know, this mm-hmm. is – I don't know mm-hmm. if it's their last go with Roethlisberger – but it's certainly, it's certainly close to their last go with Roethlisberger, right? Where they're up against it yeah. with the cap. They do all these gymnastics. They have Juju on just a one-year deal. Their offensive line has been completely revamped. You know, mm-hmm. how much does that group have left in the tank with Roethlisberger We're gonna there? See. Can they compete? That, I think that'll be fascinating, Jeff, to watch. Well, I, I feel like they, they always compete. And, again, you know, Mike Tomlin is that kind of a coach, like Pete Carroll. Yeah, but, but, So you can never count those guys out. When I say compete, though, um, I mean be like a Super Bowl contender. Well, you know, if Roethlisberger can play the way he knows how – I mean, we've seen him. He's good. You know, it's just he's just got to have some pieces around him, and I think that this is their last shot because he's just kind of – he's long in the tooth, and, you know, I don't know how much longer he really wants to play, to be honest with you. But we'll see. Yeah, Good but point, I, I do think that's an interesting team in the AFC to keep an eye on. You know, will that changing of the guard finally happen? And when it does, what do the Steelers do a quarterback? You know, because we, don't think we, we have no idea who their next guy is. They're not set up for that at all. So mm-hmm. it'll be you interesting know. to wait and see. All right, let's go back to the phones, Jeff. 973-667. Next year. <laughs> 1960. <laughs> Cole, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, John and Jeff, it's Tim from Charleston. How you doing? Tim, what's Good. up, pal? Um, a couple of things. I don't want to talk specific Giants because I know that's not the focus of the program today. You can talk about whatever, whatever you want, you want. This is all about you guys. Well, what the heck? You made me think, so now I may as well use it, right? That I the that's always dangerous. Smoke. <laughs> For anybody. <laughs> so so two, the two questions, and one is kind of related. I'll start with that is, how many wins do you think it's going to take to make at least the second wild card mm. in the NFC? Because, I mean, again, now I'll mention the Giants. I'm thinking the Giants, you know, if they go four and two in the NFC East, I'm hoping they win the division. But, you know, somebody could be better than us. And like Washington was last year, we beat them twice, but they still edged us out by a game. Now, remember, you Tim, know, you, also have, you also have three wild card teams now, not just two. Oh, okay, three. That's right. I forgot about the change. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so we'll yeah, I'll, I'll defer to that. But then the next question, and then you know, I'll, I'll, uh, what I'm curious about is who you guys are talking about, Aaron Rodgers. And I agree with you that he's not likely to play for Green Bay this year. He'll probably end up somewhere else. So in that case, it makes the uh, the NFC North so interesting. I mean, you got yeah. a, four teams with just like who the heck's the front runner? I mean, you got Green Bay Vikings, Chicago, Detroit. I mean, it's almost like there's nobody there that would, without Aaron Rodgers, it would seem like they're poised to win. So, so to you know, to take a, that kind of general thing. And again, thinking that, you know, I think the Giants sweep one of their NFC East opponents this year. Um, and I, I think 
we beat, you know, we win all three games at home um, against the NFC East. And, and if we can win that game too, which I've talked about with you guys before, at Washington, that puts us in a nice position to maybe go 5-1 and one in the NFC East and put a seal on the, on the, on the deal. So I'll, I'll listen to your comments off the air. Thanks, Tim. All right, let, let's cover the Giants first in terms of the division stuff. You know, to me, we've talked about this, a minimum of 4-2 and two to win the division, uh, and I think that's very possible. But look, these, these division games, they come down to the final play a lot. Sure. And, you know, one tip pass, one fumbled football. One 63-yard field goal. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Sean Elliott, not Sean Elliott, um, uh, Jake Elliott. With, with the Eagles a couple years ago. So, you know, Sean Elliott's the former forward for the Spurs um, back in the late 90s. <laughs> Only you would know yeah, that. Yeah. Well, no, at least from you and I. Yeah, I know. Anyway, but, yeah, Jeff, and I, look, again, we've made, I've made this point. I think you can make logical arguments for Dallas, Washington, or the Giants for winning this division. I think to make an argument for Philly, Jalen Hurts has to be really good and take a big step, which is not impossible, by the way, so you, you can't count them out either. But I think that's less. I think that scenario is less likely than the other three. But look, you got to go four and two if you can figure out a way to do that. You got a shot. Well, I think this. You know, those three teams. I think have all gotten better. I think that Philly is in a rebuilding mode, as we could we can tell. So I, I agree with you. And so I just think that, you know, which one of those three teams that you just talked about, how good can they be at home? I think that's, the, you know, the home winning, that's where you win your games, right? You want to win your games at home and split on the road. That's kind of where you want to go. But those division games, you're right, John, they're so they're so closely matched. I got to look at the quarterbacks in this division and those three teams that you just talked about. Um, you know, you look at the Washington football team. Okay, they've got a guy there that's just a journeyman, but he can play when he's healthy. I mean, he can win some football games for them. He look great one week and look bad the next. And so you hope that maybe those two games you play him, that he's those are the weeks that he looks really bad, right. you know, and throws a lot of interceptions and fumbles the football and just, just, you know. But the problem with him is that he'll come back the next week and throw for 500 yards, you know. It just doesn't affect him. Daniel Jones is in a growth, I mean, mode. He's going to have to prove that he can play at this level and do well to get the next contract. And then you look at Dallas, he's got the best quarterback in the division and lots of weapons around him. So if it's me, Dallas is the team that we have to look out for. Um, and then Washington and, the, of course, the Giants, they're a close second. But I think, you know, as far as the division goes, I mean, we got to figure out how to beat Dallas and beat them twice. I'd like to beat them twice because that will bode well for, for the Giants for the division. All right, now let's go to a second question. Now it's tough to tell with a 17-game schedule what that's going to do to it's the records. Weird. I mean, is it possible at 9-8 and eight, you can win a tiebreaker and get in as the third wild card? Yes. But I think then you're talking about tiebreakers. If you want to get in regardless, I think you better win 10. Yeah, well, let's just go to that division we just talked about, okay? Right, so yeah. That, there's going to be three teams coming out of that division. So that's two wild cards. And then, by the way, throw in, we talked about the Saints too, right? Mm-hmm, yep. So, so if you want to have a better record than two of those NFC West teams, or three of the NFC West teams, whatever, and the Saints, don't you feel like you have to win 10 games? At least, at least 10 because, you know, although in the NFC West, you know, those teams could beat up on each other to knock their totals down a little bit. But I got to believe that it's 10. So that even that third wild card team, to answer the question, I think it's going to take 10 to get in. I agree. Every one of them. And I, what other – is there a sleeper potential wild card team in the conference that we haven't talked about, do you think? Well, real quickly, I'll go to that. Remember, there are teams, and the Giants have been one of them, um, that have won 10 games and not made the playoffs before. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So to, Tougher. Tougher with three wild card teams, but still tougher, possible. It's tougher, but it certainly can. And by the um, way, 10-7 and seven isn't as good as 10-6. and six. It's easier to go 10-7 and seven than to go 10-6, and six, obviously, too. So keep that yeah. into consideration as well. Um, what was your question again? Is there a surprise team oh. in the NFC that you think can compete for a wild card spot that we haven't talked about? Well, I'm just going through the divisions. Um, the only one we really haven't talked about would be East. We talked about the West. We talked about the, the like North. Atlanta or Carolina? 
Do you have any fear of those teams? Minnesota? Do they worry you? The Bears? The Bears don't worry me. Um, no. Um, I happen to agree with you. I, there aren't. I don't think there is a sleeper team. <laughs> I don't. If there was, we would we would pick one up quickly, right? Well, I mean, and, we and frankly, said, they wouldn't be a sleeper if we knew what team it was, right? <laughs> yeah, and the thing about it is, I I don't feel like Minnesota is a bunch of a sleeper because I feel like everybody says they need to. They these guys need to like they they're not going to sneak up on anybody. They got Kirk Cousins, and they they need to win to save some people's jobs there. No, that's true. Um, let's see. So in the NFC West, I don't think. I mean, if there's a sleeper in the NFC West, it'd be the Arizona Cardinals. All of a sudden, they come out of nowhere. I mean, is it even possible for three wild card teams to come out of the same division? Because those teams are all playing each other. There's had to be losses in there somewhere for these teams, right? <laughs> Could you I'm serious. Imagine? Is it possible? Mathematically, I guess it is, but they would have to win all of their, or at least a lot of their non-division games. They almost have to go undefeated with those other ones, you know? Almost, like, oh. yeah, for sure. But let's just say they, for example, let's say they all split their division games, right? So that's three losses right off the bat. So if they all want to make the playoffs, they can't lose more than two or three outside of the division. Yeah. So they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Let's see. I. I that's a good question. As far as I just I I got to think of. There is no sleeper. I don't have a sleeper right no, now. I agree. Neither do I. That's why I asked you the question. All right. NFC North. That was the final part of his call. If Rodgers gets moved, how do you handicap that division? I handicap at still um I still think the Packers I still think the Pack I would have, I I would do the this would be my I would go the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears and then the Lions. Those would be my my order. Yeah. I still think the Packers are really good now. Okay. Interesting. So you you have faith in love. I have faith in love because I have faith in the system. Um their system is good. They have a good offense. They've they've done they they've they've done some good things there. Defensively, they're they're good. Uh, the Packers have a strong backfield, um, solid running game. Let's see who. Um, yeah, I mean, those that's, that's my pick right there. So Packers, Vikings, Bears, and Detroit. All right. Yeah, I think I think Detroit's definitely on the bottom of that list. I do not think the Packers win the division without Rodgers. I think he's that special. Mm-hmm. I think I'd probably go with Minnesota. They've added a lot of pieces to the defense. They still have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins is a, is a solid NFL quarterback. I think I'd go Minnesota. But I don't think you get a wild-card team out of that division. I think there's a better chance to get a wild-card team out of the East than the North. I'd go with that. Yeah. Yeah. I You know, it's it's I, if I look back and... I mean, the Packers, the, Aaron Rodgers is a big part of that team. A big, big, big part of that team. So, can, I mean, they have Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. They have a good offensive line. I mean, they have a pretty decent defense. I mean, they have talent, Jeff. You're right. But my point is, is that they're a good enough team to compete in within that division so that maybe they can win it. Yeah, I don't think they would crater. I think they'd probably finish like 8-9 and nine or something like that. Oh, wow. You know so what I mean? That. Okay. All right. We're going to have to get so used to doing the 17 no, I numbers know. now. Weird. I know. <laughs> That's odd. It's like last year when we had to, to to figure out how to say the Washington game without team without saying the other one. Which, by the way, we've actually gotten very good at. For the I record. think it's now it's more natural yes. for us because we talk about it enough. I don't no. even. I just always. I just come out and just say Washington. I don't even do the football team anymore. I no, just say Washington. exactly. No, hundred percent. Or some people say Washington. I don't know where the R gets in the Washington. Now, Datino still wants to call him the Washington Red Team, but that to me just creates problems because you still have the red in there. And then that makes you want to finish the old name. So I don't know why he does that. I feel like he's making it more difficult on himself. Just well, call him Washington. Paul likes to do that. Well, he does make it more difficult on all of us. That's very true. Well, I think we're good to go with Washington. I, I think this year when we're doing our shows, yeah. we're, I, we, don't want to have to, we won't have to do the count this year. No, Although, I agree. Tatino won the count last year oh, yeah, he by was. saying it the most times. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go back to the phones, Jeff. 973-667-1960. But first, I want to remind Giant fans not to miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giant suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 
or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Back to the phones. Call you on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, boys. It's uh, Mark in Chicago. How you doing? Hey, Mark. What's hey, Mark. going on, pal? What do you got? Hey. Well, I want to go back in the way back machine a little bit uh, on the call, and then I'll bring it back to present day. But uh, I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago, and it took me a while to catch up on the programs. And there was a caller who called in about the 2007 game in Chicago, and he thought it was a night game or 2006. It was 2007, but it was like a 4 p.m. kickoff. So it, it was in mid-December, so most of the game was played in the dark. But there are three things I remember about that game. One, it was like 45 degrees. It was yep. really warm. I was in the north end zone, and all the touchdowns were in front of me. And uh, the last thing is that uh, Derek Ward had like 160 yards, and he broke his leg. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was that same game, huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I remember so the I remember the game being it was it was dark. So and it was that time of the year where, you know, towards the end of the season where it gets dark early. Um but I I do remember it being a, a night game. So but but it was, you said it was a four o'clock, so that that makes yep. sense. Yeah. So I did go back and look at the box score and Jeff I always you you can't remember who you're playing with sometimes, but you always <laughs> remember who you're kicking to. Sure. And uh I yeah. looked up the stats, uh little memory test here how many punts to Devin Hester and how many yards did he have zero 19 oh no he had three he had three returns for 19 yards what was his long return do you remember his long return was uh you know they didn't have that Ah, information on there I got it no worries I'll take three for 19 against Hester that's good yeah out of bounds Fegels kick it out of bounds (laughs) or away from him (laughs) yeah he had a 41 average that day too thank you well that guy's just that guy's just he's flat out scary it's just scary that what that guy can do on a football field. Just was a remarkable athlete. Just yeah. way better than anybody. That's why I always tell people, you know, being able to kick away from the returners helps everyone else because the returners, at least nowadays, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, there was maybe a few returners in the National Football League that were as good as they get. But now every team has that guy. And there, and that guy is a better athlete than the ten guys taking the punter out of the equation here, running down to cover the kick. So in the other back in the days, you had, you know, most of the returners weren't that good, and the guys covering were better athletes and could make some tackles. It's not that way anymore. They're putting guys back there that are way better, you know, agility and moves and quickness than the guys running down catching them. So it's it's really a it's 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 a weapon if you get a guy that can pin the guys on the sideline or just kick it outside the numbers. Well, Jeff, I I really enjoy hearing your stories. So, as you know, keep oh, it up welcome. as your as your memory uh, is jog. <laughs> they, so. they they come up, you know, every once in a while, especially when Schmelk is on here. For some reason, I I, I kind of really remember a lot of these stories because he likes to hear them too. Well, yeah. I I think I'm just very good at setting you up. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. What else you got, Mark? Uh, the other thing, uh, I really enjoyed <laughs> all the content that was on the website about the 2011 team and all the the things that are going to be happening uh, this year. But when I was looking at all the videos, it sort of made me think about where we are now. And I look at the players that we had on that team, like running backs like Ahmad and Brandon and, you know, Cruz and Man- Manningham and Akeem Nix and Boss, his receivers. And it really brings it to present day because what the front office is trying to do with Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones and, and Eli – uh, have a lot of similarities. They're not the kind of player that, like, like Aaron Rodgers, who's going to take over the game and, you know, you know, can do it with his legs, can do it with his arm. He needs help around him. And, you know, the whole strategy of putting playmakers with him, I think is really the right mode. And when I, when I saw the video of that, that year, um, it just made me think, hey, that's where we need to go. I agree. I agree. You so, look at um, and look at some – by the way, uh, Jake Ballard was another – guy on that team that just really did a lot of good things for that 11 Super Bowl team but you're right I mean I think that the Giants are trying to get some playmakers which they did Um, and then everybody keeps asking me about the Giants hey how are the Giants going to do this year what do you think the biggest you know step forward that they made and this and that and to me I think it's depth I think they've got depth at all positions now. Maybe maybe the offensive line, not so much. But I feel like everyone else, um, every other position on the team has good quality depth. 
so that if there is a, a player that's lost because of injury or, you know, and hopefully not for long, but they can replenish. And I just think that's been an Achilles heel for the Giants for years is they just have not been able to have a team with depth. And I think this 2021 team has that. And I think it's going to help them a lot. Well, and that really gets you back to the strategy of the prior general manager. He, you know, he tried to draft or sign athletes as opposed to, you know, people that were experienced in their position. He was looking more at the upside as to what they could do generally in terms of being a good ball player. And I actually went back to the 2014 roster, you know, which is three or four years after the Super Bowl, and looked at what we had in those positions. And you had like Rashad Jennings and Orleans Darkwell and Preston Parker and Ruben Randall and Larry Donnell, my favorite, Larry Donnell. It's no wonder we had a bad team because – What's that? I said, I said, keep on for Larry Donnell. You like me bringing up Larry Donnell? Is that what it is? <laughs> Cannonball! He was like, he's like jumping in the So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, hey, we did a poor job of drafting. We did a poor job of, you know, signing free agents. And it's no wonder we didn't have the depth that, you know, you're talking about, Jeff. Sure. Yeah, you're right. And it's a good point. It comes back to that general manager. It comes back to the scouting department. Um, and hitting on, and you're not going to, you know, it's not a, it's perfect science. You know that. And mm-hmm. the more draft picks you have, the better chance you have of hitting on, you know, right. some of them. But uh, you, you, if you do not draft well, and you've heard this before from many general managers, you, if you don't draft well, you're not going to do well because yeah. you're, you're just because of the age of the salary cap and, and where your, a lot of your money goes to your marquee players, you got to be able to have good depth and build your team through the draft. Right. And I think the other thing, too, is that the, they lost sight of what Eli, what made Eli a great quarterback. You know, first it was, you know, Gilbride's fault. So they got rid of him. And then they brought in Ben McAdoo, who was so wedded to the West Coast offense, they lost sight of what, what Eli needed to make him successful. One is the O-line, like you talked about, mm-hmm. but giving him a good array of playmakers to use his, his assets to their best ability. That's yeah. my opinion. All right, Mark. Thanks for the call, bud. Yeah, thank hey, you, Mark. appreciate it, guys. Take care. Well, they also took the long ball away from Eli. I mean, you know, that's – that's uh, Eli did throw, threw a good ball down the field and just didn't have any guys to throw it to. So. Yeah, and you didn't protect him long enough to go back there yeah. and do it. And remember, this is a common refrain that I always had on the show. Jeff, they had such a small or non-existent threat in the run game mm-hmm. where teams just play two safeties deep all the time. Yeah. And they took it away. I remember uh, it might have been the fourteen fifteen season. I, I I remember you were telling me on, on either in the booth or what. He's like, th- th- look at how many teams they just play that too deep. That's all they do. Every single week they play that too deep coverage. And if That's... you play too deep coverage, it's very hard to get balls over the top. It just is. You can do it, but you need a lot of time to let those plays develop. And guess what? They didn't have an offensive line to do that. Well, and also you didn't have a running game to set up the play action to be able to do the long ball because the play action is what freezes those safeties to be able to be able to throw that long ball. Just right. and you, in the NFL, you just know you just need a quick second that that guy makes a mistake and then you capitalize on it by putting the ball where you can because you, because you can because you're an NFL Pro Bowl you know, world quarterback. And so if you don't have a running game, they, the defense will just dictate what they're going to do to you and it works. So... That's the thing. All right. What else we got, John? No, 100%. I agree with you. No, I mean, I think I hit most of my other ones. It's just real quickly, Jeff, before you say goodbye. Here, you can pick out any one of these to talk about if you want. I think Sam Darnold on the Panthers is interesting. Yep. See how he does. I hope he does good. I really do. I yeah, like him. Too. He's I a really good kid. do. I hope he does well as well. Um, Carson Wentz on the Colts. Can he reinvigorate his career? I think that's fascinating. Well, it'll be interesting to see because of Frank Reich. You know, I mean, obviously they were together in Philly, so can they rekindle that, uh, you know, that fire and can it happen? And I think if, if it's going to, it'll be with that with him because I think they were together before and he knows the, the nuances of what he does and what he doesn't, and he'll be able to help him. How about Miami with Tua? Can Tua take a big step in his second year? And if, if he doesn't, does Miami then have to try to figure out their quarterback situation? Yeah, and I'm, I'm interested to see what's going on with Houston. You know, with Deshaun yeah. Watson. So that's one to keep an eye on. Um, I am not very, I mean, I'm not very high and bullish on uh, Tua. I, I, I think he's a great athlete. I think he can play in the league, but I just don't see him being a lead, you know, being a really a good, good, good quarterback. 
And then I think I mentioned this before when we were talking about the Rodgers situation. How patient is John Gruden in Las Vegas? You know, John Gruden is traditionally, Jeff, as you well know, not a patient man. He gets tired (laughs) of things and likes to change things and move on very quickly. How what what happens if the Raiders start two and four or one and five? You know what I mean? Then what? Well, if you hope it's not because of the quarterback position, but I mean, if it is, then that's uh. Yeah, I mean, you know, another this is for another su- subject, but when you talk about, you know, who's on the hot seat as coaches this year, you know, I think that's something to look at. Um, you know, when you go down the divisions and see, you know, which quarterbacks or, excuse me, which coaches are going to be, you know, looking over their shoulder and making sure they're having a good season or not, they're going to be out of a job soon, you know. A lot of those. Yeah, every year we talk about those. You know, there's probably three or four guys. So. And then I think the, this is the last one I'll bring up before we yeah. say goodbye. But you know what, real quickly, it'll be yeah. hard for John Gruden. He's got a 10-year contract down there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many of those 10 years are fully guaranteed. I've heard rumors about that. But we'll, yeah, you're right, though. They, yeah. they, they are certainly committed to him. Final one I'll mention, Jeff, and I think this is interesting. Lamar Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Can we see him take a step as somebody that complete passes at a higher efficiency rate outside of the numbers. He's good at throwing to the tight ends. He's good at throwing over the middle, short, intermediate. Mm. But can he become more of a perimeter threat in terms of a passer and downfield in terms of a passer without that running element there? Because the Ravens are going to have to make a decision on a contract for him soon. Sure. You know, do you want to commit to a guy long-term that does it mostly with his legs in terms of – the most valuable part of his game, rather than, again, having that perimeter outside the numbers, outside the hashes type of passing game. So that, to me, is also an interesting thing to keep an eye on. I like Lamar Jackson. He's a really good kid, good dude. Obviously, he's a tremendous quarterback, a tremendous playmaker, but can he be a more efficient passer, specifically outside the numbers? And I think if he can become that, then there's no limit to how good the kid can be. That's how talented he is. So that, to me, is another thing to keep an eye on. They, they drafted Rashad Bateman, okay, to give him one of those weapons, if you will. Um, I, and I believe that, you know, Sammy Watkins is another guy, right? Is he He's with the team? I think um, so. I had to check that, to be honest with you. I think he went there. But here's the thing. To your point, um, can he become that? I, I don't think he can because I'm a true believer that you can't change a zebra's stripes. And I feel like that his game is who he is. That's why he's so good. So I know that they want to – and this is the crazy thing. Yes, and you're right, by the way. They do have Sammy. They have so, Sammy Watkins, Marquise Hollywood Brown, and Bateman are their major wideouts. On major wideouts. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't think how – I know you want to because the game, the game kind of demands that you have a guy that can stay in the pocket because you have to be able to do that. Well, you know the thing, Jeff. When they get behind, they have trouble – they can play with the lead great. But when you go down a couple scores and they have to throw it, that's when things go wonky for them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So to answer your question is do do I think that he can get to that point where they want him to be the pocket passer and guy that can move the pocket outside and make some plays? I don't see him staying in there. I just think he's his his intuition. It's like he his he wants to run. He's a runner. And, you know, it's hard to tell the guy to sit in there. Well, you know, he can still do that, but can he just complete a higher percentage of his can't. passes I don't think outside he can. and down the field? I don't right. think he can. Okay. And yeah. that's fair. And, you know, he might not be able to. Yeah. I, I know that he has the ability to do it. Yeah, he's but got a nice arm, think... throws a good ball. Yep. And I just I – and I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't know. If, I mean, maybe the guy sits back there, and but I, it's going to be difficult for me to, to, to think that he can just change it like that. So we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, but you those... know the Ravens. The Ravens are just—they're not. I mean, John Harbaugh, what he's done down there. That team is—you <laughs> know—you talk about—they're a machine when it comes to drafting, and and that organization. I mean, they are steady, Eddie, aren't they? I mean, they're one of the better programs in the country. They really are. Well, and look—you you talked about it with Sean Payton, right? Like molding his offense to his players. Look what they did with the offense in Baltimore with Jackson. Wow, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And you know they were chomping at the bit to get that thing done too. They they knew that 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 they had the player that they they drafted and how he was going to play and he's fun to watch. He's one of the best players in the league and yeah. um, he is a, he is a, he is fun to watch. Right, and they don't need him to be that great, you know, outside the numbers thrower to be a really good football team. But I think to win a Super Bowl at some point you do have to make those plays to yeah. win a Super Bowl. 
So that's why I think the question that's going to face them with that long-term contract is going to be so fascinating. Yeah, and it'll be a big one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like you thought Dak I Prescott mean, got a big contract? Yeah, you know, yeah. Just you wait. Yep. Well, you know, thank God the cap's going up every year. So it's there's gonna, a little bit more money to be spent. The increase begins again. Jeff, this was a lot of fun, man. Are you that was on, good stuff. You're I mean, on did, again, again on I Thursday, believe, right? can't believe we uh, go by this quickly. It's just uh, an hour is like... Gone. You're on again with Thursday with me and Paul, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yep, we're going to do our over-under offensive uh, predictions. That's right. So you'll get Jeff's and Paul's on Friday. Mm-hmm. Lance and I will come up with the numbers and make our predictions tomorrow. And then we'll wrap up the week. No show on Friday for the 4th of July, by the way. No show on Monday for the 4th of July. So enjoy your holiday weekend. But we're not there yet. So tune in tomorrow for another episode. Lance and I go through our over-unders for the Giants offense on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Jeff, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thank you, Everyone, enjoy your rest of your day. Stay cool out there.